Three, two, one, let's go! We're standing here at Urtech 2022. This is the PBE Podcast. I'm the host, Troy Tittlemeyer, and I'm standing with the man behind Ops Geologic. Ops Geologic is a service company of consultants. Very experienced. He's about to tell us a little bit about this. But if you're looking to land laterals and figure out where to put your wellbores in unconventional plays, Ops Geologic has you dialed in. They have the experience to take all the data and quickly analyze it for your targets to make sure that with all their experience and all their knowledge, you're landing in the best places. Jason McLean, please explain Ops Geologic and what you're doing at Ertech this year. Well, uh, Ops Geologic is a company uh, me and a couple partners put together. Um, we, we basically offer contract geologic services. Like you said, we can help you land identify your targets, land your targets, um, really everything from that, a full analysis, a full evaluation, all the way to building a prog. It's it's sort of a la carte geologic service. I like that. A la carte, like a taco shop, man. A la carte geologic services. Now, how many man years of experience does Ops Geologic have? Uh, well, that's pretty good. Pretty good term there. Uh, I mean, each one, me and my partners all have between, I'd say, 14, 15 and like 17 years of experience. So, and then we've got, we've got people who contract for us uh, when, when we have projects that come in. And, and I mean, a lot of the guys that we pick up are 25, 30 year guys. So, I mean, that's kind of a moving target, but I mean, somewhere around 60, 70, maybe, I don't know at any given time, depending on who's working. For Easy. Us. So one of the hardest things in today's like uh, social like constraints that we have as young professionals are like people that are actually putting together companies that are doing real work and putting together like real results is integrating with the great haired folks, right? Integrating with someone with 50 years experience and trying to pull that value out of them, but then also leverage everything you've been doing for 15 years in the modern technology and the modern ways of thinking about things, modern geologic concepts and merging those two in real time yeah. because the customer's like, hey, what's going on with you? I'm ready to drill. I'm ready yeah. to drill. Yeah. You got to pull that out of them. And you got to apply the experience that you have specifically. You know, that's so what does Ertech do for Ops Geologic? When you come here, what are you looking for? What do you get out of coming to Ertech? Well, really, I, I mean, we're here more than anything, probably just for networking, right? Uh, talking to people, talking to people who, who could be potentially be looking to employ their skills uh, in a contract sense to, to help us out with projects or looking for people who need our skills, right? So, um, I mean, that's specifically what we're what we're doing here, really. And it's also to just kind of keep up on technology as well. I mean, Ertech, right? It's technology conference to, it, at its base. So, um, there, we're, we're, we're here to do all of that, um, you know, catch up, find clients, find people to help us administer clients, you know, all of, all of the above. Right on. How do people get a hold of you at Ops Geologic? Uh, they, can, they can look us up on LinkedIn uh, or they can go to our website, which is uh, www.opsgeologic.com. Pretty simple, right? Right on. Jason McLean, thank you for Ertech 2022. Thank you for being here. Right on, man. Well, let's get an ESG solution. Three, two, one. Let's go. You ready? Three, two, one. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are standing at Ertech 2022. 017 is live in person. This is happy hour, opening day, opening night. Now, you are 
a one we are one third of Ops Geologic. Correct. We were just talking with Jason McLean about that, kind of what he sees the value in Urtech, uh, the value that you guys are providing as Ops Geologic. What do you got for today? Like, what's going on this year in particular? How do you see the future? next three to five years in the oil and gas industry, specifically the unconventionals? That's what Urtech's all about. How do you see the unconventionals going in the next three to five? Yeah, I, I think the unconventionals are going to carry on for, for quite some time. I mean, obviously, tier one acreage, whatever you have left to develop is, is, uh, is going to be developed. I mean, prices with the commodity environment where they are, there are a lot of factors still sitting out there. I mean, you've got We've got uh, supply chain issues with with pipe. Uh, you know, I think it's a six to eight month lead on on uh, casing right now. We still have service personnel issues because a lot of people left the industry uh, with the change in in uh, in the political environment or, or presidency, and uh, you know we lost a lot of good people and uh, retraining, trying to get new rigs out. Uh, Everything with inflation, prices are skyrocketing right now. You've got companies that got hedges that aren't going to roll off for quite some time. I mean, there's just there's a lot of variables out there to uh, to increasing our production. Can we do it? Absolutely, we can do it. Um, but there's there's a lot of red tape that needs to be lifted, and and uh, you know possibly in November maybe things change in the political environment and. Uh, we start to open things back up a little bit, but I still think uh, you know we're probably staring at a three to five year run uh, with with commodity prices being at a being elevated. It, specifically, I, I think uh, natural gas. Uh, we're big long term natural gas guys. I mean, even if you want to go into the EV space, uh, you know everything's going to be powered powered by the natural gas power plants, and uh, we don't have the infrastructure for everybody to have electric cars. But if we did, uh, you know, that, that electricity is coming from natural gas power plants. And so and we're not going back to coal. Uh, China and India don't seem to care. They are. But, um, you know, I think, it, it, you know, nuclear's kind of off the table. Um, but uh, if you're going to do anything with the, with the infrastructure and, and going to the electric side of things, I think natural gas is going to be a big push. Uh, lots of volume there. Gosh, dang, man. I mean, you really kind of... You teed it up. I was questioning kind of what's going on. Urtech's half the size it was in 2019. I, I definitely see a lot of energy here, but it's definitely smaller. You know, the, what's going on with the rig counts? What's going on with the industry? What's going on with commodity prices? But when you stacked up all the information that you just conveyed, right, all this data that you have and the way you said it, it's it makes me think three to five years at least sure. of a strong run where we're kind of so uh, thinking as an operator and thinking back to your, you know, your days in, in a big, you know, big company, big ideas, big projects, where do you, what do you think the, the mentality is or what's the psychology you think inside big companies right now, onshore U.S., what are they, what are they kind of doing? Are they sitting back looking at a lot of the data, looking, evaluating a lot of these benches, evaluating what's tier one, what's tier two, or are they gearing up to just getting after it? What do you think the psychology of these big companies are? Yeah, I, I suspect that the larger companies have a pretty good idea of where their tier one acreage is, right? And I, I mean, and, and they've probably got plans laid out how to develop that. They've booked the reserves on those, the inventory's there, they know it. They've got ducks that they need to complete, things like that. They've, they've probably got all those things booked out at least for a year. Um, and, you know, going forward, they probably got two years out, maybe three. Uh, I think the key is, is that, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of mergers uh, between companies. So you, you've got expanded positions. You've got bigger companies that have 
acreage positions that they're trying to maintain or hold, or maybe they're letting go. It, it doesn't matter. So all these smaller companies that come in, um, you know, they've got to get active pretty quick and they're exposed to market conditions. Uh, typically some, some are able to buy hedges and do different things, but I, I see the industry, you know, everybody talks about the consolidation and yeah. yeah, the consolidation sounds great. But I mean, when you're talking about millions and millions of acres, nobody can manage those things. So the terms roll off on, on these positions. You've got uh, land brokers that are coming in and lease busters that might come in and bust your position up with your title work. Hey, there's a, there's a lot of things that can happen. And, and so I, I think that the, the smaller guy, the guerrilla warfare guy that can move fast, uh, that has the capital behind him to be able to go in, pick up some acreage, put together a prospect, be able to drill it, specifically in the conventional world. I mean, unconventionals are tough. If you don't have, you know, obviously these commodity prices, you can have some poorer rock quality and you can still make a lot of money. You can make some good wells. Uh, I think, you know, really conventionally is, is where the industry will head to eventually uh, because prices will stabilize at some point and um, maybe they'll stay high enough that the unconventionals make sense. Um, maybe they won't. Uh, prices for the service industry are not going to go down. Uh, I think that they're going to get their share of the pie as this moves up and, and you're seeing that with rig prices yeah. uh, and you're seeing that with pipe and you're seeing that with everything else. I mean, it's, you know, we, we ebb and flow, but I don't think they're going to miss the boat. You know, the service industry is not going to let the, the oil companies take all the profits, right? They're going to, they're going to get their share. And so economics will, will change and, and commodity prices going down to 80 or 70 may not change what the service companies do. So it, it may just be just as expensive, but you may not be getting, well, you know, the $120 a barrel we're getting today. I, I don't know. You know, it, it it can change. I guess we're just going to see where it goes. But like I said, I mean, the this thing's not going anywhere in my mind uh, for at least three to five years. Of course, I never thought that the Permian would ever bust, and, and it hasn't. I mean, if you're going to play anywhere in an unconventional space, I mean, that that's where you would go, right? And you see the activity was focused there, but... Um, you know, I don't think anybody thought a wool would go negative, and obviously that was a facade for what was to come. But you know, it it uh, it's an interesting environment. It's certainly uh, I know you see a small crowd here, but I think that's that has more to do with people are busy. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Now, do you know ESG Solutions? Yeah, Have you absolutely. used? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. I've used ESG. I think uh, if you're looking at integrating data sets, you know. One of the things that, that we did in the subsurface technology group in Anadarko was we were obviously looking for data acquisition. What what tool sets can we use to help us understand, better understand how these wellbores are uh, talking with each other? How do we wine rack these things in a full development plan? And, you know, we didn't use ESG on HFTS, the, the government study that we did up in Loving County, but... Uh, you know, we, I have used ESG before. I think microseismic data is a critical component uh, to, to your reservoir modeling. Certainly understanding uh, what your halflinks are, how, you know, where are my events concentrating out? So you can understand, you know, you're going to see communication, especially in the Permian. Uh, the rocks, I call, we call them acoustically loud, right? You get these events out, you know, a couple of miles, right? Uh, but but that's not where your props being effectively stimulated, right? But you know if you're trying to understand what your vertical growth is, your horizontal growth, you're trying to marry that 
to what you're seeing within uh, your completion or production data. It's just, it's an integral part of the data set, right? And and being able to have vertical monitoring and horizontal monitoring arrays, you know, these guys can, can go out while you're while you're fracking, they can drag the, the arrays back as you're fracking, so you get stage by stage analysis. And and I think it, you know, I, I tell you, you, when we did HFTS, we had fiber, uh, obviously that we had plugged on that too. But I got, you know, our completion guys, they they didn't want to deal with any of this stuff. And once they were started seeing the microseismic response and the fiber data response and all the things that were coming in, they're like, this data set is unbelievable, right? And so you can learn a lot. Obviously, it's a lot of data. Uh, it takes a, a really good interpretation of the data and someone who understands uh, the folks here at ESG that are processing and, and interpreting the data, they, they do a really good job. They've had really good people that have worked for them. Obviously, several have gone into the industry or to the corporate world. You know, Microseismic has is, is been around for a while and uh, I, I still think that it's a, it's a good piece of data set to, to help integrate into your reservoir model. So.